We are running a weird contest for Weird Contest Week. Getting more young women interested in feminism. Hating the sound of your own voice. This and more on The Leftscape. Hi, I'm Robin Renee. Hi, I'm Wendy Sheridan. And before we get started, I just wanted to request that you guys go on to iTunes. And if you like us, please give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help out. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Um, And we are found online at leftscape.com. And we have a Facebook presence um on in our leftscape page and we exist on twitter and instagram at leftscape so um today is what is this august 15th and um we are in the middle of weird contest week so we want to have a weird contest Yay, we like weird contests. <laughs> weird is definitely good. So what are we going to do? Um, what, what did we decide we're going to do? We're going to ask everybody to write um, a limerick about... Oh, no, I get my piece of paper. GOP. About the GOP. We want limericks about the GOP. Um, and we'll have details on our various social media and our website. Uh, but I guess the short form of this is write your limerick post it on twitter or facebook or instagram or at, or all three uh and tag us with tag at, us at leftscape at leftscape and put in the hashtag leftscape so we know what you're doing and um at the end of the month uh we will close the contest and and pick out the ones we like the best and send you guys some weird prizes <laughs> yeah, so you got till August 31st. Yeah. Yes, yes. And uh, yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be weird. So yeah, I, and I, 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 I okay. like weird. I like weird contest week. Um, it's also uh, National Motorcycle Week. Oh, oh God, is it really? Yes. And yeah, and just last night or yesterday, all those people got no. Oh, the week that we're recording this, <laughs> all the people uh, got. Uh, laid off from um oh harley davidson harley davidson oh yeah oh so they get to celebrate motorcycle week yeah so that that's because uh the tariffs are screwing around with their business model i think isn't that the reason yes yes exactly yeah Mm -hmm. feeding pets of the homeless week yes so so if you see some people some street people living on the street and they have a pet give them some dog food or cat food yeah and i see that in philadelphia from time to time so that's something to think about that's very cool everybody needs a pal and it's also national resurrect romance week oh that sounds good (laughs) so uh if you're if your relationship's getting a little stale uh it's time to 
go on a on a date with your yeah. sweetie. Yeah, well, you know, it's kind of sad that you have to have the calendar to tell you, oh, you know what, it's time for you to resurrect your romance. Well, I, you know, I, one would, I, I don't even know if it's like for, for relationships or if it's for like novels, so. Oh, oh that's actually, it's a good, uh, that's a good thing for you, right? Yeah, well, yeah, my, my, uh, my mother had written 34 romance novels, so if you don't have a sweetie to resurrect your romance and you want to read about uh, people in the in the English Regency. Uh, Elizabeth Mansfield is a very good writer. <laughs> yeah, I, I have read a couple and they're very good. Cool. Yeah, I'm a biased uh, reviewer of those, though. But <laughs> and, it's uh, National Relaxation Day. Yeah. That sounds good. So we should be very relaxed doing this podcast. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty chill today. <laughs> It took us a bit to get to the recording of this podcast, but now that everything's working, uh, yeah. I'm relaxing. <laughs> yeah, now yeah. we can relax now that, now that everybody's speakers and microphones are working. <laughs> National Lemon Meringue Pie Day. That's a good one. Is it? I don't like this. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I like I like. Lemon. Or you can have my slice. Okay. <laughs> there you go. And it is Nagapanchami, which is the day in the Hindu calendar in which uh, snakes are worshipped, and, the, and the, the snake goddess, and it has to do with, um, it's kind of like part of the realm of creation, and so people worship uh, snake deity to uh, for health and, and wellness of their families and things like that. Um, and so it, there are a couple of regions where actual snakes are worshipped, but it's often um, some form some, you know, uh, statues that are celebrated and these, um, and sort of revered. So that is happening today in Hindu homes around the That's world. Interesting, because that That's seems cool. to be related to what, what do you call that thing? That's the medical thing. The caduceus? It, it yeah. And it's got a snake on it. It's got two snakes on it. Two snakes on it. So it's actually, yeah, it's that somehow and... related. Yeah, well, oh, and, and the twists in the snakes um, on the proper caduceus, they cross seven times, which, what does that which correlate to the seven major chakras of the spine. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that's a very arcane symbol that the medical community has co-opted over, you know, like a long time ago. Oh, wow. Uh, that's, yeah, it's an interesting connection, possibly, or... Um... I don't know, or a convergence of yeah. some. Well, it was a snake. The, the snake is for health because I guess it's having to do with the the skin shedding kind of thing that actual renewal. snakes do. Hmm. Yeah. So they renew themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And then then you've got the people who are out in the west who um, they're like evangelists and they have. Oh, the snake, snake handlers. Part of their snake handlers, yeah, snake that's handlers. Yeah. not the same. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I was just wondering, what is the snake signifying in their religion? Well, I think that's about you can. You're so holy that you're not you're not um, affected by evil because the the serpent is like the devil oh, kind of oh. or something. Isn't that part of? Isn't that it? Is it? So, well, well it was the it was the the snake that you know, tempted Eve, I think, right? Oh, yeah. I think that's oh, part of that. I don't, I'm actually not, less. I'm less versed in those 
uh, stories than others. <laughs> yeah, this is this is like the wrong group of people to talk about Christian stuff. So. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but well, anyway, they, they're the, interesting uh, that symbols re, um, uh, recur in various. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it's very Joseph Campbell. Yes. So on um, August 15th in history, um, the first thing on our list of things is uh, the Mayflower set sails from Southampton, England with 102 pilgrims. Mm. Yeah, they were looking for religious freedom, uh, freedom from uh, a state-run religion in a country, and look at what's happening now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and 1947, India gains independence from Great Britain, and it remains a dominion until 1950. And in 1969, on this day, uh, there was a little concert at Yasger's farm up in uh, upstate New York, that was oh, that little Woodstock. Thing? <laughs> yeah, that little that little concert, that little gig. I somehow have a feeling that there's going to be another uh, Joni Mitchell quote in our website. Uh, <laughs> that could be. <laughs> that might work very well. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And let's see. In, in 1998, the Oma bombing in Northern Ireland happened the worst uh, terrorist incident of the Troubles. Uh, I was very surprised to see this, that it was 1998, so that's a fairly recent in in my lifetime, because the Troubles happened, or started, what they call the Troubles, uh, back in the 60s, it was a civil rights march for for like the Catholics. It, they identify as Catholic, it's not, it, the whole problem did not have to do with religion. It had to do with sects of society. And, and that was the only way that they could actually distinguish it was that this one group was Catholic, the other group was English, or uh, Protestant. The Protestant was English-based. And, and that, that happened back in the 60s. And eventually, I thought that they kind of worked that out. But then in 1998, uh, a whole uh, bomb, you know, in the 70s is just because it's making me think in the 70s is when I went to Ireland um, and in 1975 and with my my then boyfriend became my husband and this was our after college, our trip around Europe, backpacking around Europe. And I was the only one everywhere we went in Ireland, I got picked to have my my bag searched. Because apparent, apparently young women who looked like me were the ones who were carrying the bombs. That probably is when I was in England in, I think, probably 1982 or maybe 1981. Uh, no, it was 82, I think. Um, I was in Harrods and I left a bag by mistake at a counter and I was leaving the store and this woman ran up to me very quickly and she's like, you left your bag, you left your bag. And they, you know, nobody touched it. And I was like thanking her because it was like stuff I had just bought 
like mm. somewhere else um and they were all very paranoid that i had left a bomb at the at the counter and it was oh. like <laughs> yeah because well, they had yeah i know i know hard. there were it was yeah i know it was in the middle i i'm just kind of amused that they call it the troubles mm-hmm. you know it's sort of but like that's, calling that's the, the, the irish the, name yeah it's like mm-hmm. it's like when we call the the civil war uh the the unpleasantness uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah oh wow yeah. so that that uh bombing in oman 1998 killed 29 people and injured 220 people that's sad who's got a birthday today uh well there are couple who are no longer with us, but we can at least uh, give a shout out to Julia Child and, and Napoleon, quite different oh. uh, people in history. <laughs> well, it's having to do with eating or, yeah, eating French food. There you go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also having a birthday today is Jennifer Lawrence, Ben Affleck, and the rapper Nipsey Hussle, who <laughs> name I think is very amusing. Oh, <laughs> so. I love his name. That's a great name. <laughs> I need to go check he, him he, out It's now. an homage to Nipsey Russell, right? Yes. <laughs> so LeBron James has just opened up a school in his hometown of Akron, Ohio. And I believe it's called the I Promise School. It's for young kids who are, um, who are, uh, at a, you know, disadvantaged or at-risk youth. And apparently, I guess he, he's been in a some sort of a feud with 45. And there were words said over Twitter and things like that uh, that was questioning his intelligence. And um, I found that news. I mean, I think the school is great. I think it's a great idea. He's offering a lot of. Um, is that uh, also well, the, the scholarship thing too, or is that a different thing? That's the same thing. I believe okay. like he's offering yeah. college tuition to people who graduate from G- there. Oh, okay. And there's some tuition that happens now. There's a lot of perks to going to the school and really helping kids out. They get food, they get clothing. Mm-hmm. So it's a really cool thing. Um, but the feud with the president, I thought was just too dumb to report on. But but <laughs> the one thing I thought was interesting is that uh, Melania came out and and dissented against the uh, the characterization of him as not intelligent and sort of spoke up against um, her husband's tweets. So I, I how did she do that? Did she have a press conference or? I think she had a she had a statement that was released or something like that. I didn't. Um, I don't have it here, but um, I think it's interesting that more people that are closer to him are speaking against his, some of his, you know, some of the more extreme or some of his randomness. Um, I think Kellyanne Conway the other day came out and said that she does not believe that the press is the the enemy of the people, which is very uh, kind. Oh, thanks a lot, honey. (laughs) Yeah. Wait, who who said that? Kellyanne Kellyanne Conway. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah, but, but, you know, they're all still, they're all still talking, but I found but, it interesting that a couple of people who are closer to him are, are saying some things that are not, you know, not in concordance, not in accordance with um, his thoughts and tweets. So I don't know if it's a little encouraging or if it's business as usual or what you think maybe, about that. Or maybe they're, they're sensing that the ship is sinking. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. I was wondering too. Mm. But anyway, 
anyway, I think it's good that um, even if LeBron broke everybody's hearts in, in his town for not playing for the Cavaliers anymore, <laughs> he's doing good things in the, in, the, in, the, uh, in the community. So that's cool. Uh, you you done, did not mention Don Lemon. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he, he said something. It was a very weird, uh, The dumbest terrible... man on television, Don. Yeah, the dumbest man on television <laughs> he, who makes LeBron James look intelligent, which is hard to do. I think that was the gist yeah. of what he said, which was just, uh, I don't know. I'm sorry I even repeated it. <laughs> I have, I have, no, I'm, I don't know even how to respond to that. Well, I just wish that I could get to this uh, statement that was released by Melania, because that sounds really interesting. That, to me, that's an, the most interesting part of the story. Is yeah, there's... She, she's actually, um, you know, not towing the party line. Exactly. Uh, so, in other Trump news, <laughs> he um, admitted that the meeting at Trump Tower in, uh, was, it, was it June of 2016? Yeah. Um, was about dirt on Hillary. So that has come out that, that that's what that they were talking about, but he insists it was not illegal. So it's gone from, it was about, it, it didn't happen or I didn't know about it to, well, it happened, but it was about adoptions to, <laughs> it happened, uh, well, it, it was, was, it happened and it was about Hillary, but it's not illegal. So yeah, it, interesting to see where the slides next. <laughs> there was no collusion, but okay, there was collusion, but collusion's not illegal. Right. Yes. So that's that's yeah. where we are now. Yeah. You know what I think is strange about that though? It's that are, are, is he just going to leave his son holding the bag? They just leave they leave Donald Jr. out there blowing in the wind all the time. What's going to happen to Donald Jr.? In the end, in the end. Yeah, I don't know. So Hopefully they'll yeah. share a cell. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. You know, there. I mean, I can, I can envision a scenario where they're rem everybody's removed from the administration and office and all of this stuff, and then they all get pardoned and nothing happens to them. Mm. You know, um, because Nixon. I can, mm -hmm. I can envision. Sadly, I can envision. A scenario like that um, yeah. but as long as we can kind of walk back all of the shitty things that have happened in the last year and a half uh, I would maybe even be okay sort of with that if there were you know maybe some fines that they could pay I don't know I mean I would, mm -hmm. love, or, I would or love to see jail time but just... I, I'm not I'm not thinking that's gonna actually happen I want to see restoration of our of of our democracy and some normalcy and some you yeah. know yeah that's my main thing yeah yeah and and my main thing is to get the power out of the hands of these idiots you know that keep on passing laws to to take away anything that Obama did just for the sake of taking away anything that Obama did it's just and and. No, it's not just they, for that. It's not just for that. Well, they're, they're they're busy enriching themselves as quickly as possible. Themselves. Yeah, that's true. Because I guess I they know that, that it's not a. They can't keep doing this indefinitely. Right. So back to the other point. I, I yeah. did find um, the first lady's statement, and it oh. says, "Quote: It looks like LeBron James is working to do good things on behalf of our next generation, 
And just as he, just as she always has, the First Lady encourages everyone to have an open open dialogue about issues facing children today. So that was a statement that uh, was, was issued on to, her to, behalf. On behalf and issued to CNN. So mm-hmm. someone decided to make that statement, whether it was her or who wrote it, I don't know. Well, but that's she what she would have means. had to approve of it. So I think that's cool. Yeah, me too. And yet it's it's bland enough that it's not like she's button heads with her husband. Right. <laughs> um, I, I just was talking with some friends recently because I, I went to uh, a, a meeting of activists that I belong to, and it's a fairly old group. And the people have been around for a long time, and there's a lot of feminists in there. And they're, they, they really ended up taking sides and butting heads. And I was trying to think of what is wrong with uh, the whole idea of feminists. And uh, why are we not getting more young people to be feminists? And what is the problem that they have against being called a feminist, and I think that there's a misunderstanding of what the word means, but what I was seeing going on in this meeting was that we had the old timers who had, they had, some of them tell us stories they go on and on talking about when they they were marching in D.C. with Martin Luther King and all this, and these glory days things that they did, which which is really great, but at other times the, there's the whole younger group that are trying to change the group and change the bylaws and things like that, and they're not quite getting what the older people are talking about. They're kind of thinking, oh, these people are waxing poetical and they're wasting our time. We gotta focus on what our website looks like and focus on the branding and all this. There's such a dichotomy of the groups that I, I was just dizzy by the time I got out of that meeting. And I was wondering, what exactly is it that is keeping us from working together? Any thoughts? Well, I mean, I have, I definitely have thoughts about this, but I'm curious to hear a little bit more about what the younger women were uh, talking about. Was it mostly about appearance of, the, of your presentation or was it about what were their issues? Did they have core issues that they talked about? That was the interesting thing because I had brought a friend of mine uh, there and she was very surprised. She was saying, I thought they'd talk more about issues, but they're talking about how we do things instead of what we do. So they were mainly trying to talk about the uh, how we run the organization and how we communicate with each other and things like that as opposed to um, the issues themselves. They just took for granted, well, yeah, we're for women's issues. But that, oh, there was one argument about issues because there was an elderly woman who apparently the group at one point had uh, a stand on GMOs. And so she had sent out an email to the group about something happening lately about the GMOs. And the younger people were saying, why is this in here? This is not one of our core things. This doesn't have to do with women. This is a women's group. So." Um, she was saying, well, wait a second, we eat food. And that, that became a big argument too. And I, I could understand both sides. 
you you have to pick your arguments. You can't just argue about everything. But uh, they, they both sides did not handle that argument well. So uh, anyway, I I can remember when I was young. I back in the seventies. I was interested in feminism, but I would never commit myself to joining a group of women protesters for anything. I, I like really believed in the cause, but at the same time, I, I kind of felt like these women are going to be kind of uh, very strident, and maybe I don't want to listen to that. And th that's kind of sad. That's kind of sad. I'm sorry that I felt that way back then. Well, we were all taught that, and, and it's still it's it's, it's still a thing today that a woman speaking her mind. And she's not talking in in so soft feminine tones. Mm -hmm. That she's like harsh or a harpy or uh, you know uh, piercing. I, I don't even remember all of the adjectives used to, for example, describe Hillary's voice. Um, mm. But it was never it was never a voice that people wanted to listen to. It was screechy. I think was one of the yeah. words. And it, and it's only only because. You know, she's speaking from a position of power and mm -hmm. people don't want to hear women who are speaking in that kind of a way. And mm -hmm. it's and that and, and in the 70s, it was worse. I, I, maybe um, I was, you know, coming. Well, I age. think in the 70s, people were just dismissed. All, like, I think it, women were just laughed at. Oh, said, yeah. oh, yeah. Isn't well, that cute, honey? You know, that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. But I mean, I was I was. Uh, I was in college, in high school and college in the 70s, and, um, you know, I was a charter subscriber to Ms. Magazine. <laughs> I, you know, I had issue number one, and I, and I you know, my mm. mom got it for me. Um, and, Your mom was a feminist. Oh, she? hell yeah. Mom, mom didn't do the normal thing that, that they expected women to do. She married late. She wasn't a virgin when she got married, uh, and... And she held a job. She worked her entire life. You know, she didn't like quit to be a mom, although she did take a few years off to raise us. Um, but she, well, she was a teacher, and then she was a college professor, and then she was a writer. Uh, but she always worked, and she and and for um, and for people in our in that socioeconomic class, which you know the upper middle class or wherever they were. Um, that was not the typical trajectory for a woman. You know, you would get married, you have kids, you stay home. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And that was, also, so I, you know, I, so she was a, she was a feminist. I guess she was like a uh -huh. first wave. I don't know what they, you know, what the years are for that stuff. Uh, for me, I didn't join any groups or start protesting. I just lived a life that, you know, was not a typical woman's life in that time. Uh, yeah, I, I you went into an engineering. engineer. Yeah, mm -hmm. I went into engineering, and I was working as an engineer for you know for years. And um, there were very few women in that field at the time. And I think there's not a whole lot of them now either. Uh, there's more in computer science, but not in electrical engineering. Um, so you know, I, I experienced that, uh, and I was always. Um, 
and now now I, I you know one of my one of the handful of issues that I concentrate on um, you know is reproductive rights which is definitely a women's issue um, it should be more than that but it's you know it's a women's issue um, but uh, I don't know that all of the the young people are um, I, I kind of I don't I don't want to paint them all with a broad brush. I think there's plenty of young women that are um, perfectly happy being called a feminist. Yeah, um, yeah. I know yeah. my daughter. I don't. I don't know, I'll have to ask her when I see her. But um, it's my thinking that she does not shy away from that characterization. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I, I think you're right, Wendy. That there are people who somehow have picked up on a lot of negative connotations of feminism as being strident and angry and something that they don't want to be associated with. You know, I think that's oh, part man haters. Yeah, I think there's that's still part of the uh, the ne- negative stereotyping of feminists. Mm-hmm. But I also think that there's a a school of thinking that says that. Feminism by itself is not enough because what feminism means to a lot of people, the word itself just means white feminism, white middle-class feminism. And there's a lot that's missing from that perspective alone. Mm -hmm. So that I think happens for a lot of people that if it's not really consciously um, intersectional, then it's not something that they want to be involved in because I think it's necessarily um, ignoring a big parts of the picture. So, um, well, how can, how can we fix that? Well, I, I think part of it is to start to look at the, the idea that a woman being a woman is not, that's not the only factor in her life. So, if you are a woman and and you're a black woman or if you're a poor woman or if you are are disabled or any of those things that adds layers to your that adds complexity to who you are you know Mm -hmm. and um so that the issues are really complex and and so just look at one well here's an example that i'm thinking of and i don't i don't agree with the way that this actually happened on the internet because everything blows up on the internet (laughs) but there was a woman who took a picture of a she she found a shirt like there was there was separate sections for girls clothes and boys clothes in the store I think it was Target maybe and she took like a superhero shirt and put it in the girl section took a picture of it and said it's important for girls to know that they can be superheroes too, or something like that, but, you know. But she she made a statement. She put it on Facebook, and she wound up really getting her ass handed to her by a lot of people who were like, "Oh, isn't that cute with your white feminism? You know, that's all. It's 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 not all that easy, you know." And basically, the idea was, it's nice that you can like move a shirt and take a picture and get glory for doing this courageous act of feminism or, or whatever, but there are people who, of people, women of color and people who have a lot more serious issues with health and wellness and not having access to things that their families need and other in the trenches kinds of work that feminists can be doing. And so the point, the point was that you kind of 
you're glossing over something that's so much deeper and so much more complex. Now, I don't think she deserved to be ripped apart on the internet, you know? Yeah, yeah. But I I do get the point that there's, it's good to start to pay attention to things like if someone says, um, if someone brings up, I know that in some spaces someone brings up something about, well, what about women of color? Um, Some people, some feminists will say, well, don't be divisive. We're all women. Let's just talk about women. And that I think there's specific issues, right? There are specific issues and people's particular issues are, are very important and to gloss them over is that's the, I think that's the mistake that gets made to say, to say, well, we want to silence your voice because we have one voice. And when the one voice is actually not representative, Mm -hmm. that's, yeah, it's, it's just a matter of, um, Oh, I didn't mean um, so I think I think it's a matter of noticing when that's happening and examining why that might be happening. Um, I have no idea if that's part of what's at work. The situation you described at the meeting that you were at doesn't sound like that was part part of it, or at least not obviously. But that's the one big thing that I think of when I when I think of like the divide in feminism right now. And there's also like sex positive and not, you know, not necessarily sex positive. There's, there's, there's discussions around porn and what that means and how it can be produced ethically. And there's a lot of different particular issues, but the intersectionality I think is a big one right now. Yeah. I think that there's part of it. Now it may just be my take on it, but there's part of it is that there are young women who just, they don't know what is at stake because they're, they're, they never lived in a world where they didn't have certain rights. Mm-hmm. And so they just need to get woke. I don't know. That sounds, that sounds like, like a white person thing because yeah. people of color are still living in a society where they're being, yeah. uh, harassed and and killed and and horrible things are happening to them on a daily basis um but that but that's an issue and that and paying attention to that issue still doesn't negate the fact that um women's right to birth control is going to be taken away from them yeah i have to say that i i'm i'm a little bit in that camp of taking for granted in the sense of the idea, like, it's really shocking to me that the idea of Roe v. Wade could be overturned. And I know that, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, we can, laws can change and we can backtrack. And, but it's one of those things that really, since the earliest part of my life was just a, a fact of our reality, you know? Well, yeah. But and there can, yeah. Even though it's, it's Roe v. Wade is still in place, there are places in the country that make it extremely difficult for women yeah. to terminate a pregnancy. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's good to be reminded of that because I think I have been guilty of not, you know, living in my little New Jersey world. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> even if, and even if Roe v. Wade gets killed, which I really hope it doesn't, um, that in New Jersey, I mean, our governor has already said that, you know, that uh, the access to legal and safe abortions are will still be 
um, available in New Jersey because it's going to it's basically if it if the if the federal law gets overturned it then falls back to the states again mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and we're lucky that we're living in a you know I and and whether you know that I think the Supreme Court can if it if it gets stacked in a way that they keep threatening to do um, that it that Roe v Wade will get overturned but it's not going to make it illegal to have an abortion right. at least I hope not um, that would be a whole other law that they'd have to pass mm. and maybe and, and maybe that's in there that's in the back of their toolkit um, after they get this the Supreme Court you know arranged the way they want then you know, if we don't take back Congress, then I guess Congress could pass a law making it illegal everywhere. Yeah. Okay. So then my question to put out there to you guys, but also to our listeners, so I hope that they comment, is what can a group of feminists who are mature women do to make their group more welcoming to younger women? Well, I'm the wrong demographic to ask that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you're the wrong demographic, but you might have some thought. I listen to them, take okay. them seriously. Uh, you know, invite invite them, invite young women of of color, invite trans women, invite invite the people who you think you need in your group to make it the right mix of of views and opinions that can then focus your your agenda on getting the getting the work done that you guys agree to do and to keep increasing your numbers if that is one of the, the goals that you want mm-hmm. you know yeah I, I definitely exist in sort of a hybrid world of being around younger and older activists and yeah listening to the concerns is, a, is an important thing because sometimes there are a whole different set of what feels most relevant like you mentioned um presentation and how things are appearing on the internet and and things like that and i think that's actually very relevant it sounds kind of trivial but um i I thought what they had to say was very important and i think that the older the there are women in the group that are older than me by Mm -hmm. a margin and they had no idea what the younger women were talking about Right. Well, so they, well, you know, they I need think to that's... step back. They need to step <laughs> yeah. back and let them take care of it. Because if they don't mm-hmm. know what they're, if they are that old, that when you say website to them or <laughs> smartphone app or something like that, and their eyes mm-hmm. glaze over and they don't mm-hmm. understand, you know, because it's not coming in on a on a Western Union telegram to them, <laughs> um, then they need to shut up and let these other people do it. Yeah, because I think how something looks and how um, the language that is used is, is hugely important to young people now. Mm-hmm. And for it to be welcoming and for them to be understand that they are among the people you want to come and, and be part of things, that presentation will matter a lot. And, I, and I'm not sure that I know all the right buzzwords or the word, you know, not that I want to avoid every bit of language someone says you need to, that's a whole other topic, but to certainly know what to expect in terms of a response and who might be uh, who might be being appealed to by what you say is is important. And so I would definitely listen to those folks. And 
and have the conversations, have the have the the difficult conversations that um, might challenge the idea that all feminism is a one size fits all thing because it really is not, you know, um, you know. So maybe having some special, well, not space special interview, but um, what do you call it? Um, caucuses or 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 unique groups within your groups. Yes. That's so not the word I mean. So you're kind of saying feminism is now an ism like Hinduism and Christianity that, yeah, it's a big umbrella, but there's a whole lot of other stuff going on underneath there. Oh, there absolutely is. And there are and there are some groups that are quite diametrically opposed, even, you know, in some ways. <laughs> but I think that's having those conversations. I mean, how do you talk about sexuality? How do you present your sexuality? Um, you know, I have been... At one point, this is a long time ago, but, you know, talking to someone who was an avid feminist who was really offended by the fact that I present myself in a, in a at that time in a very sexual manner. She thought I shouldn't be wearing short shorts. I shouldn't be wearing something revealing because it was putting that it was it was a, it was shaming. allowing myself to be objectified. And I was like, well, I want to fully express all all that I am. And that's a really big part of who I wanted to be showing up as at that time, you know? Mm. And so that's a, that is a tension that's within feminism, you know? Mm. Um, mm. And I think it's worth the, the conversation and the struggle. And I think there's, I mean, I definitely want to see people express more than less, but I also want to hear the, uh, the ideas that some feminists might have about how that is perceived and how I'm, how, um, how, yeah, how it's perceived and how I might be missing something about what that could mean or what that could be showing the world about women. I don't know. I mean, it's, and then the, you know. The opposite of that is, is I have friends who are uh, part of, I guess, the modesty culture. I don't even know what the term is for it because they're mm-hmm. not Muslim, but they they cover their hair um, mm-hmm. because there are, like, I guess there's, there's Jewish sects that cover their hair and just some mm-hmm. people who just want to cover their hair. Um, and they get a lot of shit just for right. doing that. And, um, mm. you know, so so both ends of the spectrum seem to, to get flack from the judgy people. Right. Uh, any, <laughs> exactly. any excuse to judge. Any mm-hmm. excuse to judge. Yeah. And, you know, and where is there a place? I wonder uh, now, is there a place for me in women's spaces? in femi- I mean, I think I believe anybody can be a feminist. You know, but for women's spaces, I tend to ask, you know, um, are you welcoming to non-binary people? Um, do I, and I think, you know, do I have a role to speak about these issues being grown up as a person with a female body? You know, you <laughs> definitely grow, um, you definitely experience the way people react and respond to women. So that's the thing, and you know, is and and how are trans and non-binary people thought about or accepted? There's a lot of there's a lot in this. I think we have. I want us to have many issues about. I mean, many conversations, many conversations, and many episodes about the various aspects of feminism. But I think the the big thing I think for older feminists to hopefully open to is to allow all these conversations to be in the space because I think that's what younger women will want or or many many are are advocating for that and i was just Mm -hmm. going to to throw this idea out there mary for your group um 
there are people working in the offices of our elected officials, uh, some of whom I, I met at, at the Democratic Women's Caucus meeting thing last month when I discovered that maybe I don't want to run for office. Um, but for example, they had one of the speakers there was um, the um, the outreach, the the per she she was the outreach person um, for people of color in Newark, and I forget whose office she was working for. Um, it might have even been Cory Booker. I don't even know. But there are women in those kinds of jobs who can help inform your people to how of how to attract the younger people the the oh. people of color into your oh group. and have them like guest speakers or something or yeah or or whatever or just uh, ask them the yeah questions. it's like like how you know we like to get your you know you talk to them and say hey we're trying to um encourage these people to join our group what advice do you have for how we can reach them that kind of thing because that's their job is to is to get into these these specific mm -hmm. communities and and get people active in you know mm -hmm. for their stuff so and and it's it's all you know i i'm assuming that that the group you're in and that like for example the democratic party people that that there's a lot of overlap and and you guys will work on things that that they're that they want you to show up to like a rally or something mm -hmm. like that mm -hmm. so well wait a second so uh, i just want you to repeat where <laughs> were these people from who were these people uh where would i go to find these people i'd have to go look at my notes for the oh hang on it's right here it was for the it was the campaign training agenda that i went to in july yeah um, and these were people in in cory booker's office no no oh. uh let me see. These were. I think she's actually she's in group? in in. Uh, she was one of these people. Was the senior advisor to Bob Menendez. Oh, um, okay. You know, uh, it's and and after we're done here, I can um, tell you their names and stuff. Okay, um, but it's just that in case anybody else wants to do the same thing. So it was an advisor for. It's people Senate. on the Senator. yeah. Well, she's well. I don't and, know that she's she had done outreach for in in like the newer in Newark area, um, and uh, and they're available to come speak to groups. Oh, I don't know. You'd have oh. to ask them. They came oh. to speak at this Democratic Party thing. They okay. were the speakers. Well, they were there. available for that. So. Yeah, yeah, and I guess they, they, the the concept is that there are people doing that work of figuring out and, and how to do outreach in a way that's yeah. respectful and effective and not uh, patronizing or tokenizing, yes. you know, but actually forming real coalitions. And it's good to good to know that there are people out there doing that and we can do some research to find. Yeah, like, to make this yeah that's that's exactly what I'm saying. It's it's there these pe there are professionals who do this every day and they may be available to talk to your group or to even just help you guys in some way. I don't know. Um, because if your group is working towards the same things that they're working towards, it makes sense to me that they would assist you. Mm, sounds <laughs> you know? good.
since I have feminism on my mind from this conversation we just had, um, I just want to let people know that there's this little-known thing on Netflix that it's a documentary called Seeing All Red, and it doesn't pop up when you open up Netflix. You have to go into the search, Seeing All Red, and it's all about a woman named All Red who uh, was a feminist uh, since the 60s, and it's a very interesting history of the movement. So check that out. And who are you? Oh, I'm Mary McGinley. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you, Mary McGinley. <laughs> and I am Robin Renee. Um, you can find me at robinrenee.com. And my music is on the web, especially at iTunes and CD Baby. The Leftscape is sponsored by Harlequin and Other Fantasies, a meditative coloring book for grown-ups. Over 30 original illustrations to color. Printed on 80-pound cover stock paper to avoid bleed-through with alcohol-based markers like Sharpies. Spiral-bound to lay flat when open. Printed on one side so you can frame your masterpiece without sacrificing another drawing. Subjects include animals, people, mandalas, steampunk, Celtic knotwork, and so much more. Use Leftscape at checkout to get free shipping. See the Leftscape website for details. Purchase Harlequin and other fantasies from wendycards.com. Um, so I just found out randomly and suddenly that neither of you like the sound of your voice. Yes. Well, I had to confess that I, of all the podcasts that I download, the one that I download, but don't listen to is our own (laughs) (laughs) because I just can't stand to listen to my own voice. Why? Well, you know, the thing is, is that you hear your own voice a certain way from inside your skull and, and people outside your skull. They hear it differently, and it, it just, it's jarring. Uh, I don't know. Okay. I, I'm looking at Robin now. <laughs> yes, I, and Robin, you have a beautiful you voice. You do. I love the sound of your voice. Thank you. I like the basic resonance of my voice. I like when I'm presenting something, if I'm orating, like in a very kind of performance way. Okay. When I'm reading, when I'm performing poetry or something like that. I like my singing voice. Yeah. I'm a perfectionist about things, so I like to take, do various takes until I get it right. So I think when I'm just speaking casually, I sometimes don't like that. So it's a little hard to listen to. We did have one show a couple of uh, episodes back that I absolutely was mortified about because I thought I just ummed and uh, er, ed. Oh, you're talking All about filler words. words. Your, filler your words. vocal... What are the filler words? Yeah, but there isn't there a... Because um called, isn't a word. No, but it's got a filler. Okay. Yeah. You're filling in time until I, you think of it. I get so a whole lot of thing. filling in. It's <laughs> not then, it's not the timbre of your voice. It's what's coming it's out. speech <laughs> rather than the It's the actual voice. speech coming Sometimes out. Sometimes the timbre of my voice if I'm speaking... N- not as consciously as I like to. You okay. Know? But I think what, part of it is though uh, that I'm a perfectionist and I just hear what I perceive as an imperfection and I would want to do it again or do a second take or 
whatever. There have been various things. I've been on TV and in film on a couple of occasions that I have never seen. And other people call me to say, hey, I saw you on TV. Actually, Scott did that one time. Okay. We have a, a mutual friend, Scott. And I remember one time he had seen an episode of The Secret Lives of Women, which was featuring uh, my friend Brigitte and was talking about her polyamorous loves and her life. And uh -huh. I, was, I was there and I did, uh, you know, a short interview. I yes. didn't know that. I gotta have to go look so, that yeah. up. So, Where can we find it? I yeah. didn't know it's called the Secret Lives of Women. I could find the the, the title of it, but he um, he called and said, "Oh, I saw you on TV," and I said, "Oh yeah, I, I remember we, when we recorded that." And he said, "I knew that was fake," and I said, "Why?" And he said, "Because you were in the hot tub and everybody had clothes on." <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a great, That's, a great comment. This That's is somebody great. who knows you. Yes. <laughs> But, but no, I, I, know, I, I appear in things, um, and I'm glad they're out there, but I don't necessarily track them down. There's a, there's a movie called um, The Night Watchman. Okay. And it's a bad vampire horror movie. I'm not a big fan of horror, <laughs> but I play a... Uh, You're in it? I'm, in a, I'm a vampire, and I know that in at least one... <laughs> Oh my god, I have second to find you this see movie. Because uh -huh. my, my, my friend who's... Ken Arnold was one of the writers and performers okay. of this. And my longtime friend, Betty Arnold, uh, got me into this. <laughs> but it was fun to get the makeup on and they paint you with all kinds of blood and oh, hair neat. and stuff and mm -hmm. everything. And so, you know, I'm in it for a split second. But I haven't seen it Because <laughs> I think part of me is like, well, I don't really like horror. And I'm probably not going to like the two seconds you actually see me. And mm -hmm. I will I will actually eventually mm -hmm. watch that. <laughs> what was it called again? The Night Watchman. Oh, maybe we can find yeah, it, it somewhere. It was made in Annapolis. Okay. Uh, I have friends that were extras in a couple of different movies. And one of them was just really... Actually, it was half of my old band was in, in this one movie that was filmed, I think, in Asbury. Mm -hmm. and, and it was like my bass player, my drummer, had like these walk they didn't have lines but I, I i don't even remember what the movie was about because i think i only watched the the minute that they were the few seconds that they were panning past them it's like oh there it is um but i had another friend um who was an extra in the P prince of pennsylvania which was an old keanu reeves movie where he's in an affair with some older woman who's a famous actress whose name escapes me right now but uh, my friend, I don't remember his regular name. I know him from the SCA. His name was Thorfinn. And uh, <laughs> he had like this two foot mohawk and, and he's like this kind of short guy. And he, he got, he was in like five different scenes because <laughs> they just wanted that, that mohawk. They did, yeah. they did. So I'm watching, look, there he is, there he is. Yeah. You know, and, and he doesn't have any lines, but you see him like doing stuff like in the back of mm. <laughs> stuff. And then, but, I don't have a problem hearing the sound of my voice and I actually, um, I don't, I mean, okay. And I just did it right now that my, my vocal, uh, pause thing goes, um, you know, like, mm -hmm. that's <laughs> yeah. your bad, um, you know, like, um, you know, um, like, um, you know, like. I, I, it's, and I hate it that part. I do hate cause especially cause yeah. I'm the one who, for, for those of you, uh, listening, I'm the one that uh, that produces the show in terms of editing the audio file and mixing it with the the music segments and and uh, getting it uploaded to iTunes. Um, 
so I have to listen to everything in detail and I will, if I can isolate an um from any of us, I will cut it out <laughs> before, before it goes live. That's so, good. but I, I actually, I, I think I'm kind of in love with the sound of my voice. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's like the only music I listen to is the stuff I recorded. So, you know, it's, uh, it, it's funny because I, I have stuff I wrote with a friend of mine, a guitar player, and we were putting um, a show together for for uh, for the Halloween, one of the pagan Halloween showcase things. I actually think you were playing. You came on after us. It was my 10th oh, anniversary party. Event. Yeah. yeah. It was on, and, they, and it was on, it wasn't on Samhain itself. It was on October 22nd, which was on our anniversary. We said, and it was our 10th anniversary. We said, fuck it. It's our 10th anniversary. We brought cake, uh-huh. you know, and, and, uh, and I had my, my guitar player who was writing these songs with me and he didn't remember any of them because he doesn't listen to them. And I go, why don't you listen to our songs? They're mm. good. It's <laughs> like, it's like, well, I, I, you know, I do, um, critique my music but i enjoy my music okay i'm always thinking ahead though so there are things that i want to record and there are sounds that i want to make that aren't recorded yet so they (laughs) frustrate me because i hear what i want to do in the future but i but i appreciate the songs and i but i'm always just working to get better and i think that's one of the things that i'm trying to do with this podcast i listen to things and i hear what i did vocally in the last show and i'm try to be a little more thoughtful, more settled, so that I can speak in a way that I do appreciate more. So. Yeah, but well, you I'm know, though, though the thing is, is I would be fearful that that would make you self-conscious when we're we're having a conversation. Mm-hmm. Do you think that happens? No, I think it. I feel. I think it's more grounding. Oh, okay. Good. You know, because when I'm recording music and I'm and I kind of just get present mm-hmm. and then do it. I think I'd be better. And oh. I think it's, I'm oh, yeah. believing that's the same thing that's happening now, but I guess I'll listen back and I'll be grateful <laughs> of it then. Yeah, well, I, it's, it's a part of my job as a teacher is to listen to my students and, and let them know when they're saying um or, you know, too much. And I haven't heard that too much. Good. Well, thank you. I think you're incorrect but thank you well (laughs) let me just say that i've heard it a lot more a lot more and my particular pet peeves are the word basically where people want to explain something very complicated and rather than making it less complicated they just say the word basically and And then basically when you want to clone a sheep this is what you have to do and it's like that does not help us you watch judge judy no, not really. Because she, she, if somebody says basically in her, in her, on her show, she, yeah, not basically, no, it's like, <laughs> yeah, okay, she and won't let she's anybody, the woman after my own heart. She won't let anybody say that. So that kind of clued me into maybe I don't want to use, I don't want to keep that one in my, mm. uh, in my repertoire of, of words. The, the other <laughs> one that drives me crazy is, I mean, well, I do that. Yeah. Um, okay. Like you know, I mean. No, the I mean part. Then I say, That's like, say what you mean. If you if this is what you mean, then just say it. You don't have to tell me that you mean it. <laughs> just say it. I'm trying to perfect, or at least get better at that in my writing. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things that 
I feel doesn't show authority is if you say, I, I believe that, I think that. Just yeah. get rid of that. And I, I notice myself typing that. There's little clauses. And then I get rid of it because things. I I want to claim the authority to just say what oh, I wow. believe. Yeah. yeah. And okay. I, it changes the it changes the kind well, of I think women are taught that. Well I yeah, so. that that I I've been reading a lot of that in many things uh, about the gender divides. Uh, and, and it actually comes up, it came up in the, the last article I read that was the interview of the three trans men. Mm-hmm. Oh, in yeah. Their, in, in their... In the Washington their, Post? Yeah. Yeah, that article that came out like a, recently. And, mm-hmm. and um, they were... Say, well, I, one of the guys was saying about like, well, now I don't ask for... Yeah, I don't ask for things. I just... Yeah, I ask for a raise instead, and I don't ask like a. Yo, you think I can get possible? a raise? Is mm-hmm. it possible for me to get a raise? It's mm-hmm. like I want a raise, and that was I was reading through that and going, well, I do that, or I did that when I had a, a job, mm-hmm. uh, but that was also because um, my coworkers right out of school were basically were telling me teaching. Basically. Well, they were te- it, It's the basis. They were basically okay. teaching me that. Yeah, for example, I almost said you know there, and I didn't <laughs> call myself. Uh, they said to me that when I discovered that the the new I, I was coming up to my first anniversary at my very first job out of college, and I was noticing that the new graduates' starting salaries were already like three thousand dollars more than what I was making, mm-hmm. and because it was it was engineering, it was the eighties, and there weren't enough. So the starting salaries were going up a lot every year. And I said to my coworkers, I said, you know, I am going to really resent training somebody who's making more money than me. And he got, and the guy said, you better go talk to our boss right now and don't wait for your performance review because once you get your performance review, they've already allocated all the money. This is like stuff I didn't know. Uh Um, So he said, go talk to him now. So... You can, you know, so you won't be in a, in a situation where you're going to be training somebody making more than you. And I went to my boss and told him the same thing. And they, they worked it out. I got a promotion after nine months, which came with a nice big raise. So I was making more than the new hires. So I didn't feel like a jerk, like I got taken advantage of. Well, I got to teach these people what the hell they're doing because I've been here a year. And, you know, uh, so that was something that I had, I had, you know, it was a, a masculine trait that I learned how to negotiate for, for salaries. And I learned uh, to speak up in meetings and do all those things. And, and, and it could be, and maybe that did limit certain things in my career because they perceive me as a bitch and I've gotten off of topic. But mm-hmm. uh, Well, you know, <laughs> I'm thinking it's, there's a link between liking and feeling aligned with your own your sound of your voice mm-hmm. and using your voice out in the world okay yeah. in a way in a, in a way of power okay and I, that's something that I'm gonna think more about now too when I'm feeling shy and like oh I don't like how I sound and I don't you know take that and transform it into what is that about can I be more yeah. present out in the world and put forth my intention Mm. Grab your power. Right. And I just want to let all of you know 
that we are off next week, uh, August 22nd, but we will be back on August 29th. So see you next Wednesday. Everybody have a nice week. You've been listening to the Leftscape Podcast. Find us online at leftscape.com, on Twitter at Leftscape, and on Facebook at Leftscape. The Leftscape, the shape of progressive conversation. New episodes every Wednesday.